Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time time for Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines, joined as I am every week by Randy Peterson to talk all things Iowa State sports. Plenty to discuss today, specifically around Iowa State men's basketball uh, with the Cyclones ranked in the top 15 coming off, Randy, what I thought was a really good performance, even in a loss at Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday and Tyrese Hunter's return to Iowa State as a member of the Texas Longhorns on Tuesday. Plenty to discuss. Randy, let's start by looking back a little bit to Saturday and Lawrence. Not a win for Iowa State, but I thought that was among their best performances of the year. No, I I agree with you. Um, I was watching Taman Lipsy in particular during that game. His first experience at Allen Fieldhouse, um, his first game against Kansas, and as a, he handled himself very well, I thought. I, I I was I was I was. I was happy with the way he played. He did not seem overwhelmed. He did not see seem to be um, intimidated by the crowd. That that which that crowd is is I'm sure most of the fans already know that that crowd is probably maybe the most intimidating in the in the in the country. So yeah, for that game to come down to a to a one possession game, um, and let's not forget Kansas was ranked number two in the country. So. I, I think that, that yeah, Iowa State was was um, they were, there was a there was a lot of good in in that game, um, and I don't know, you can start with any with anybody, but uh, I mean I thought I thought Oshun Oshunai um, showed more in that game than he'd shown me all year, and at least offensively, and that's that's impressive because Iowa State's going to need him. Um, going forward so I know there's nothing you know this I know all the the cliches about this moral victory stuff but Saturday certainly was not a bad loss for Iowa State yeah I look at it less as a a moral victory as more of just further proof that this team's for real I mean I think if you looked at this roster back in October like the big 12 coaches did and put them eighth in the league that makes a lot more intuitive sense than looking at this team and what it's done this year and saying that's one of the 10 or 15 best teams in the country. And, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around that when you look at a team where, okay, where's the NBA talent? Where is the the veteran players that have played at a high major level and done this before? There's just not very much of that on this team, but I think it's certainly a, a situation where the summer is some is greater than the parts or whatever that uh, saying goes, <laughs> that this team is really good. They defend at an extremely high level, and the offense is 
probably better than it has any business being uh, when you look at what a lot of these players have done historically offensively. But they're getting consistency from Kausher. They're getting consistency from Grill. They're getting a high-level play from a freshman point guard in Taman Lipsy. Jaron Holmes has been steady. You mentioned Shun, you know, kind of had a little bit of a breakthrough, I thought, on Saturday. Robert Jones has been, you know, exactly what you were hoping to get from him if you're T.J. Otzelberger on that staff. So I just I look at Saturday not as a moral victory, but just as further proof and validation that this team's for real. I mean, I don't think they're going to win the Big 12. But as I wrote, you know, Randy, I think when they beat TCU last week or a week and a half ago, it's not out of the realm of possibility for this team to end up in Des Moines as a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, which, again, coming into this year, I thought the NCAA tournament was a pretty lofty goal for this group. And now we're talking about top four seed as a realistic possibility. Again, it's a huge testament to T.J. Altsberger, his staff, and certainly these players for what they've been able to accomplish and what feels like they're capable of accomplishing over the next six weeks. Well, and let's... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, ESPN in the last project, projections, and this was before um, the KU game, I think, had had Iowa State as a three seed. Um, so that that's interesting to me. And Iowa State certainly I wouldn't think would drop after after losing against against Kansas. And I think Iowa State actually rose a little bit and rose by one in the net. I think Iowa State. Last I looked at it, I think Iowa State is number ten in the net, ten or eleven in the net, which. That is, that's, uh, as, as everybody knows, that's become very, very significant. So, no, I don't think Iowa State's going to win the Big 12 by any means, but I don't think they're going to finish eighth either by any means. And, and there's, what, 13 conference games to go. So, well, how I mean, about the Big 12? Like last year you get T.J. Osselberger in his first year as the head coach at Iowa State with the turnaround going to the Sweet 16. Now at Kansas State you've got Jerome Tang, you know, leading that team to the top of the standings. Like, that makes the league so much more difficult when the teams that are supposed to be the worst are suddenly among the best. I mean, like, you look up and West Virginia and Texas Tech like, are exactly. having won games. It's like, what the hell is going on? West Virginia 0-5 is, is the biggest, is is my biggest um, um, surprise so far of, of the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, we didn't know how good Iowa State was going to be. And, and now we, you know, we if they're anything – if they're an 11 seed in the NCAA tournament, it's that's all well and good. But but I think that I think like you pointed out, I think I think they could be knocking on the door of Des Moines. But again, there's thir- there's 13 Big 12 games left, so let's not get really ahead of ourselves here. But but so far so far so good. And look at look at how Iowa State has won games. And this is I texted my my daughter on on Saturday just before Caleb just before Iowa State took the ball up the court down the court for what would end up being its, its final possession. I texted my daughter and I said, Iowa State's gonna win this game. Um, and she knew what I meant, that uh, um, because of Caleb making the shot with 33 seconds to go against at Oklahoma and with Gabe making the shot with what 1.5 at um, TCU to win the game. So I, I, you know, I told my daughter, here we go again, that Iowa State's gonna win. and, and and uh, you know Caleb certainly had a shot. So Iowa State can win, can win close games on the road. Um, they can win um, blowouts at home, like they did against against um, Texas Tech. And I, I don't, I don't even know what kind of game um, tomorrow night tomorrow night's going to be. I, I, I'm not all that impressed with 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 Texas yet. 
they've got one of the best players in the in the country in Carr. Um, um, with all the and they and they've seemed to play through the distractions that that everybody knows. I don't need to go there, but that everybody knows has has gone on down there. So I'm I'm, I'm looking for a, for a, a very interesting game tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, before we start talking about tomorrow yeah. night, I wanted like to me the biggest surprise and maybe the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team, where it felt like last year's group was playing so far above its head and was really walking a tightrope to the NCAA tournament where it feels like this group can play its well self into a high level seed is <clears throat> we haven't really seen them like we knew last year's team by this time could have clunkers offensively you know you, you go back to where they only scored like 68 I think against you know who was that Alabama State or something like that early on in the year they scored 51 against Texas Tech early like you could tell that that team was going to have clunkers offensively, like where the wheels were just going to fall off. We haven't seen that from this team. Like we've seen them struggle at times offensively, but I think we've more often seen them play at a pretty high level offensively consistently. And I think that's why if you're an Iowa State fan or you're looking at this team, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to be over the last six weeks, that's why I think I would be more bullish is because like I'm, you know, I'm not saying this team is going to be uh, – you know, the hoi ball teams of the middle of last decade. But I think they can be competent consistently offensively and and hit a high level more consistently that's not predicated on a 23% three-point shooter making seven in the NCAA tournament. That's not dependent on Gabe Kausher hitting five of eight threes. Like these guys are able to score consistently in sustainable ways in – in at a level that last year's team wasn't and i know the the head coach here gets pretty tedious with us comparing this year's team to last year's team but the parallels are so easy to draw that i think that's to me the biggest difference and why if you're an iowa state fan you gotta feel pretty good about where you're at because i think the offense is for real again not great but competent and consistent the offense is good is good enough excuse me the offense is good enough um right now because the defense is, is playing is playing so well. And let's look at that offense for a second. You've got Gabe, who is is scoring the ball like I thought, like he did probably when he was a freshman at Minnesota. You've got Gabe, or you've got got Caleb, and we've seen Caleb shooting streaks, scoring streaks before, um, but he's for the most part been pretty darn good, been pretty darn consistent. Um, Jaron Holmes, I, I didn't know what to think of Jaron Holmes. I've been hot and cold on Jaron Jaron Holmes as far as as far as being a scorer, but I think he's he's that consistent twelve to fifteen <clears throat> point guy. Um, so there's three guys right there that that the uh, opponent has to guard, and I don't think the opponent had to guard two play, uh, more than two players last year. Let's not forget that Jazz has been out for a month at least. Um, and he's supposedly coming back February fourth um, for the home game against, against Kansas. And and if 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 um, I don't think you're going to get a ton of scoring from from Taman, but if Oshun is is offensively the Oshun we saw last Saturday <clears throat> at Kansas, this team as of now is playing better than than last year's team at a comparable time. Nobody, I'm not saying Iowa State's going to go on and get into the Sweet Sixteen or more. Or better, do not get me wrong. I'm saying this is an NCAA tournament team that right now 
after five Big 12 Conference games is playing better than last year's team after five Big 12 Conference games. And I looked at that this morning, and most of the opponents are comparable. So um, it's the it's as you as you suggested, it's the it's the offense that the scoring that that is setting this team apart right now. Plus, I think the defense is. I think they're playing better defense than last year. What was it that, that Kansas? The possession thing. Kansas had four had 64 possessions last Saturday. <clears throat> That's the second fewest it's had in a Big 12 conference game this year. That's because of Iowa State's defense, and let's not let's not forget that's because of Iowa State was doing a pretty good job too on the defensive boards. Um, Shun was doing was doing very well down there. So um, all in all, I, I think that the, this right now. This team is playing better than last year's team did at a comparable time because of the offense. Yeah, and I mean, I wrote this last week, but I think it bears repeating that they really right now only have three guys shooting threes. Where last year they had six guys shooting threes. And last year they had six guys shooting threes when they should have only probably had two guys shooting threes. Or one. You have, you know, last year you had, I think it was six players averaging over two or more threes per game. And two of those guys couldn't crack 30% where this year you only right now with jazz hurt you only have three guys that really shoot threes in jaron gabe and caleb and they're all shooting greater than 35 percent last i checked that makes a huge difference not only that they're making more but the guys that don't make them are shooting less i think Taman's only taken like eight or nine or ten threes for the year you know shun has only taken eight i think it's just really like you have the guys taking the shots you want them to take where last year you know, I think for a lot of different dynamics, you had to kind of, you know, Otzelberger had to let that team kind of roll with it offensively, and you had to live with guys taking shots that weren't necessarily high percentage shots. And this year, they're I think much more disciplined about getting high quality looks for players. That the high quality looks are player are coming for players who can utilize it. Where last year, I think they were creating looks, and you you know you'd kick it out to the corner and it'd be a twenty five percent three. Let's keep our eye on Demarion Watson out there too. Now he's been really good. He has. I mean, I didn't know he had that. Well, I guess I knew he had that in his game, but but he has been he has been good out there. Um, I mean, the two blocks he had against Kansas, the yeah. offensive rebounds he had here at Texas Tech earlier in the week, like that's to me like where you raise your eyebrow and be like, okay, like the other stuff will probably come, but if he's doing that kind of What's he deal doing? now, look it's a big his, deal. Look up his stats. What is he from? I mean, he, he had a couple of three-pointers, didn't he, against Kansas? Yeah, he had two for two. Yeah, they, exactly. So He's only shot 14 on the year, and he's made four of them. So um, Bill Self was probably fine with the two for 12. No, that, that's, that's, that's fine, but, but, but what's doing for his him. confidence? Yeah, without a What's doubt. that doing for your confidence? You're making him at the toughest place to play in the country. Um, it's doing it's doing wonders for his um, for his confidence. So, so yeah, that's that's the that's the thing that that – God, Travis, remember all the times we talked about wondering this, if, if the TJ's program could ever get back to scoring the ball the way we've seen Iowa State score the ball before? I don't think they're going to do that, but yet the offense no longer, at least as of now, the offense isn't isn't a, a sore subject um, um, anymore when you're talking Iowa State basketball. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly come a long way in a short amount of time with, you know, not – and it hasn't been all like a huge change in personnel either. You know, like a lot of these guys struggled to shoot it last year that are shooting it well. So a lot can change in a year like uh, the 
jersey players are wearing, <laughs> which we'll talk about when we return on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNL. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Travis Hines and Randy Peterson here talking Iowa State men's basketball. If you missed any of our discussion in the first segment, be sure to check out our podcast with whatever podcast platform you prefer. going to switch gears here a little bit and look towards tomorrow night when the Texas Longhorns, coached by Rodney Terry, arrive to play the Cyclones in a 7 p.m. tilt. And obviously, Randy a truly uh, bizarre season for Texas with Chris Beard being arrested on a domestic violence charge and ultimately being fired. Texas now has Rodney Terry on an interim basis. You know, obviously worth noting that Beard has pled not guilty uh, to those charges, but is still facing them over a month, you know, after the alleged incident. But the Longhorns still are in the top 10 in the country among the Big 12's best and arrive to Hilton Coliseum on tomorrow evening in what might be the most anticipated game I can remember since probably those Kansas games back in like 13, 14, 15 with Tyrese Hunter making his return to Iowa State after leading the Cyclones to the Sweet 16 last year and now playing point guard for the much despised Texas Longhorns. Well, people, fans despise Texas despised Texas before Tyrese oh, yeah. transferred. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, with the whole SEC thing. but Or uh, the fact that they've got more money than anybody, that they exactly. kind of they bullied the conference around yeah. to make decisions exactly. for years. Yeah, how much, yeah. Are they, how much is their quarterback getting paid, their freshman quarterback? Um, and that's not the university paying him, but that's all their subsidiaries, shall we say. But, but at any rate, yeah, Tyrese is coming um, to town. Will be in town. He's probably in town now, um, actually. <laughs> but but for sure he'll be on practice. Or will be playing tomorrow night. And and you know let's not let's let's face it. We are all curious, just like just like fans are. We're all curious about how what kind of reaction he's going to get. Um, you know, and you ask him. I or have I, a prediction. <laughs> oh, I do too. But you ask him, or I ask him, or one of us asked TJ today. You know what? What I think it was you. What kind of? What would you suggest Iowa State? How would you suggest Iowa State fans welcome Tyrese into the arena? And TJ's no idiot. TJ's pretty darn smart. Um, he's obviously was knew what questions were coming. We're going to come at him today, and he was he was he was very good. He didn't he did he did not offer an opinion. He just said that that um, you know Iowa State has passionate fans, and I think. He's just going to leave it up to the fans to, to um, determine how they, how they, how they welcome an opponent. Uh, remember that Iowa State usually claps whatever five times, whatever it is when they after when an opponent is announced, when an opposing player is announced during pregame introduction. So, I guess I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be there'll be some hooting and hollering out there. Um, because fans are, are going to feel betrayed. But as you brought up <coughs> when we were talking to um, Micah, uh, yeah, uh, 
Micah a little while ago, or, or during this morning after practice, that, um, you know, Iowa State, it, it's, it's, this is the way of the world anymore. I mean, I, I, what would, Iowa State certainly cheers transfers. They, they cheered John Kane, for example. Yeah, they've built they, their they, last they, 10 years on I was just going to, yeah. They've Long cheered every transfer that, that Iowa State's gotten. So Iowa State loses a player. Yeah, there's a betrayal. Um, that they that they feel, but um, I don't know. I just hope it's not nasty. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I I think it'll be a lot of booing, and that'll probably be about it. I, I would imagine. So. Yeah. I think people obviously, like in a sports context, people felt hurt by him leaving because he had success. Looked like he was set up to have a lot of success well, and, and he at said Iowa it. State, and I still think there's a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, that view NIL as some like dirty cheating even though it's within the rules and you know I guess for the record whether you believe him or not Tyrese told us in October that NIL had nothing to do with him leaving which okay I'm just a messenger just like if you want to believe that or not um, but it was always it was just strange I think to see him lead because he'd had so much success because they were building around him and it seemed like he was in a uh, a good situation for him. He obviously disagreed with that assessment from the outside uh, and pursued a different uh, environment and situation with Texas. And, you know, he's playing well. The Longhorns obviously have a lot going on off the court, but on the court they're successful and they're winning games. So, you know, I don't know. You know, I, and obviously I think the, uh, the fact that Iowa State's good and they're getting – pretty good point card play from their own true freshman and the names native really kind of blunts the sting of Hunter leaving. So I don't know that it'll be quite as ferocious as I thought it might be tomorrow night, but yeah, certainly going to be a lot of booing. I talked to Adam Haluska today, the former yeah. Iowa Stater who transferred to Iowa and then had to play at Hilton Coliseum to kind of get his thoughts of what Tyrese is going to be in store for. And he said it was, it was a lot that it was difficult to, to try to block out that the fans were on him right from the get-go. Uh, but ultimately, it was one of the best environments he'd ever played in because it was so spirited. So, he, spirited, he, played for, played as a hawk or as a As a, as a hawk <laughs> is what, uh, how I took it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly both. He had nothing but good things to say about Iowa State fans. Well, yeah, I mean, and he, and he was an Iowan, too. I mean, Carol. Carol, Iowa kid, yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah, well, I, Taman's played well. I mean, let's let's look at it like this. Taman would not be playing. But Taman's averaging 25 minutes or so. Tyrese averaged 32. 32. Yeah. So Taman would not be averaging as many minutes as as um, if Tyrese if if Tyrese if Tyrese was here. You know, the thing that struck me a little bit after when I heard that Tyrese was was leaving. I mean, not, nothing phases. I'm saying zero, absolutely zero, phases me anymore in athletics. I mean, how long have you been doing you're this? You're laughing. Job? You're you laughing. Know? How long? Yeah, have you nothing. Been doing it? Have nothing. Anybody heard? <laughs> nothing. You tell me one thing I haven't seen. Um, so, but maybe I bought in a little bit when I talked to to Tyrese one on one after the they after Iowa State got beat by whoever it was, Miami in the NCAA tournament. We're in a back hallway at the United Center, just the two of us. And I'm talking to Tyrese about next season, which this season, obviously. And he said, and he said, I'm going to, one of my missions is to, uh, besides getting to be a better player, he says, I want to help TJ, help coach TJ go out and recruit. 
I want to I want to be here. I, I want to do anything I can to get to get you know better players here, get as good of players here as I can. And maybe I bought into that. But when he said a month later, whenever it was that he was going to Texas, I mean. I don't know. It it it, it kind of struck me a little bit, but then I I got back grounded again, and and you know, in this, like we said earlier, anything goes anymore. There's no rules, um, and and I, I whether it was for the money or not, I don't know. But let's all remember, if we were in Tyrese's situation, we going back to his childhood, we might do the same thing. Yeah, and I think if you're an Iowa State fan. Like regardless of what Tyrese Hunter ultimately decided to do, if you want to feel optimistic about your future beyond what right. Iowa State's doing right now and the recruiting class coming in, you know I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that they left the United Center back after that conversation you had with Tyrese, thinking they had a pretty good chance of having a backcourt that included Tyrese yeah. Hunter yeah. and AJ Green. And neither of those things came to fruition. Certainly AJ Green too, yeah. Neither of those things came to fruition, and Iowa State sits here in the middle of January with a four and one league record, ranked in the top fifteen in the country, and looking like a team that will be a team to be reckoned with in the Big Twelve and a potential high NCAA seed. So if you want to feel optimistic about your future and this coaching staff, you know, I think that uh, probably does a pretty good job of summing and with players coming in. that up. Yeah. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. For Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.